Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to Spark London. We tell true stories. We tell them live. And we tell them all across London. This story is told by Kit Lovelace. In October 2012, when the theme was Blessings in Disguise. Last year, I was given quite a peculiar commission from The Guardian. The idea was this. Instead of continuing to make the excruciating hash of it that I have been for the last decade, I was going to turn my actual real-life love life into a choose-your-own-adventure story. If you've never read a choose-your-own-adventure story... They're the books where, uh, at the end of each chapter, you're given a couple of options, uh, a dilemma of some sort for you to solve, uh, and you, the reader, decide which page to turn to, where the story goes next. The way that translated to my life was that I would write each week about my love life, give the dilemma that I was facing each week, and then completely offload and outsource the decision-making part (laughs) to uh, a committee of thousands of Guardian readers uh, who would vote, and I would then follow up on what they they told me to do. In terms of uh, workload, it was about 300 words a week, um, which is not a great deal, hyper part-time, and they certainly weren't paying me to do any more work than that on it. But uh, as these things sort of have a habit of doing, it kind of bled into my life uh, uncontrollably. And you may wonder why me, what qualifies me to write a column of that nature, and I'll tell you. It's the answers in my dating history. I am a big advocate of the grand, ill-advised, romantic gesture. Uh, they've never really worked out very well for me in the past. Uh, the time I broke into my ex-girlfriend's flat to give her flowers and chocolates and champagne, notable example. The time I chased a Canadian to the airport to declare my love for her after having met her five days previously, uh, another. I do honestly, truly believe that these things are worth a shot. Uh, and let me tell you why. I was following uh, a woman on Twitter whilst I was doing this, a librarian named Donna. Now, Donna was exactly the sort of person I'd drawn up for myself to be my ideal girlfriend if I had the, uh, the resources, the free reign to do so. She was smart, she was funny, she was caring, community-minded, charitable, good book recommendations. Um, <laughs> and she was so pretty, it made my eyes tingle to look at her. She was absolutely perfect. There was one problem. The problem was that she lived in New York. And actually, there's two problems. The other problem was that we'd never spoken 
at all, <laughs> ever. She didn't know I existed. But I thought, I've got the perfect excuse. I've got a column to fill. So I wrote it up, and I gave it to the readers. I said, should I fly to New York? Should I ask out a librarian? <laughs> <laughs> so the plan was to happen a bit like this in my mind. The basic timeline was this. Thursday morning, the column goes live on the Guardian website. The voting is open. Readers can start to vote. Saturday morning, it appears in the print edition uh, of the paper. It goes in the uh, weekend supplement magazine. The voting then continues for uh, a couple more hours. It finishes sort of uh, Saturday afternoon. I kind of guessed that they'd go for it, so I'd already booked myself a flight uh, <laughs> Sunday afternoon. And the reason I booked a flight for Sunday afternoon was because uh, I was due to file my next column by the end of the day on Monday. Now, given the time difference between London and New York, which is five hours... That meant that I had to file by noon, which, working back, meant that I had to go and hit on a librarian at 9am first thing Monday morning. (laughs) (coughs) The poor unsuspecting girl. So, that's what it was supposed to look like. That was the plan as it was supposed to happen. And I was pleased to see up until, you know, even as late as Friday evening, it was all going very smoothly. Uh, Friday night was when it hit the skids. Now, the problem wasn't that they weren't voting. They were. 90% of the readers wanted to send me to New York to ask out a librarian. It was the highest uh, result of any of the columns in the entire series. Uh, So that wasn't the issue. The issue was there was some sort of secret international network of librarians that had tipped Donna Roth about this. Now, thankfully... (laughs) Thankfully, 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 Donna's not her real name. So she didn't recognise herself in the copy. However... She began to tweet about it, started reading around the story, and it was made very clear to me that she she knew what was going on. I began to panic quite badly. Uh, That kind of metal taste in the back of your mouth, anxiety, it was really just pacing around, not knowing what to do at all. First I thought, well, my cover's blown, this is it. It's supposed to be anonymous, I'm not supposed to be the story. And then I thought, oh God, I've written all about breaking into my ex-girlfriend's flat, I've written all about chasing a Canadian to the airport, this does not put me in a good light at all. (laughs) And then what I realised was there was absolutely no way out of this. There was no covering for it. There was no playing dumb. As soon as I walked into the library that Monday morning, doing my best Hugh Grant impression, trying to catch a date, she would know what's up. There's no... The chances of reading one weekend about a Brit about to cross the Atlantic to go and help my librarian, and then the next Monday the same thing happening to you. They're too improbable. So I wasn't sure what to do. I spent a sleepless night racking my brains, thinking, how the hell am I going to get out of this? Saturday morning, I wrote her an email explaining the whole thing. Ended up being longer than my dissertation, but it was, I felt I got the tone right. It wasn't too flippant. I didn't look like I was you know, not aware of the massive breach of social etiquette I was about to undertake. But it wasn't so brave as to worry her. I thought, this is, this is, this is good. But there were eight agonising hours afterwards waiting for her reply where I was just refreshing my browser constantly and getting you know, emails from lastminute.com and the Science Museum and just thinking, yeah. Fuck off, science! I want Donna! I need Donna! Uh, My bag was packed. Uh, I was ready to go. The the email came back, and it was very polite, very gracious. But she could have written an essay on what a horrific psychopath she thought I was for all I cared, because the only pertinent detail I took from it was her saying, you do know that Monday is President's Day, right? Um, All the libraries are closed. (laughs) I'd booked a trip over a bank holiday. Um, So when I touched down Sunday night, 18 hours before deadline, all the libraries were closed. 
and Donna had taken the chance with the long weekend to go home and visit her parents out of state, so she wasn't even nearby. Uh, I was in a bit of a pickle. I didn't know what to do, so I tackled the problem the only way I knew how, which was to call my friend Nancy in New York uh, and drink until I got to that stage where bad ideas seemed to sort of become a bit workable. Um, <laughs> and it worked. I wouldn't recommend it necessarily, but I woke up the next morning realizing that I'd booked a coach to Washington, D.C., uh, a motel, uh, and had written 700 words on how I uh, planned to exact my revenge on George Washington, the dead president whose birthday had screwed up my plans <laughs> so badly. So uh, I whittled that down, that 700 words. It took me so long before my noon deadline that I didn't really have much chance to think of a contingency. So uh, I edited it, I filed it with my editor, uh, and then let the realisation that I'd just committed to a trip to Washington, D.C. for absolutely no reason uh, to sink in. I went to catch the coach. I spent 24 hours in Washington, D.C., nothing happened. Uh, I got a beer in Adams Morgan, a slice of pizza. I wandered around. Oh, <laughs> D.C. representing down here. Um, I, I wandered around the Capitol building late at night. It was a, a lovely thing to do, but really got me no further. And 24 hours later, I was back at Union Station, ready to catch my coach back to New York. Uh, and it was a bleak four hours back. Um, I sat there on the coach at night thinking... Well, three and a half thousand miles, an ocean away from home, 400 quid on flights, 150 on coach and hotel, no sign of Donna, nothing really. <laughs> I got back to uh, the corner of Grand and Sixth, got off the coach and uh, called my friend Scott, who I was staying with. Um, Scott was quite glad of the call. He was on a date at the time with a girl called Marnie, and the date was going so badly that Marnie had called in a bunch of her friends to uh, <laughs> try and dilute the atmosphere, and uh, Scott was feeling slightly outnumbered. So he asked me if I'd like to join him. For lack of a better offer, I went. And 18 months later, Marnie and I are still together. Spark London now has three monthly nights. The first Monday is at the Canal Café Theatre in Little Venice. The second Monday is at the Hackney Picture House. And the third is at the Ritzy Cinema in Brixton. For more details, head to sparklondon.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.